0: This podcast is brought to you by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. If you're interested in creating or expanding your podcast, find out more at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com. Join Ambiguous Podcast Solutions to bring your podcast to life.
1: Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela and Talking Toastmasters is a podcast all about Toastmasters members and how Toastmasters impacts their lives. You can find the Talking Toastmasters podcast at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This show is hosted and produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela and us. Joining me today in studio is Kristen Dees of Spokane, Washington, USA. Kristen kicks off my yet to be named series of conversations with newer members who have been in Toastmasters less than one year. Kristen joined in September 2020 and we literally had our conversation all of two weeks ago. Please join me as we learn about Kristen's journey as she became a new Toastmaster and what it was like in her first few months as a member of Toastmasters International.
0: Welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to have you as
1: well. So tell us a little bit about how you came to hear about Toastmasters and what the journey was like from first hearing about it to joining.
0: With Toastmasters, I've heard about it quite a bit over the last few years, probably just in conversation, talking to people about public speaking and things like that. I decided to join about six months ago, and it just kind of came up in conversation with a friend of mine that I I walk with pretty regularly. And so we were just kind of chit-chatting. She's in the Toastmasters group that I'm in now. And it just kind of popped up. I've been wanting to join Toastmasters for a while because I want to focus more on public speaking as kind of a a goal down the road with my business. So it popped up at the right time. And I joined um, pretty much right away, I think. So yeah, about six months ago.
1: That's awesome. So your friend told you about it. You went to her club and you joined. Yes. What was the experience like when you visited the first time?
0: They are super welcoming and friendly. Uh, I know there's uh, some other groups that are a little bit more focused on like the technicalities of things and it's not so much a fluffy friend group, (laughs) but uh, this, this particular group has been very, very welcoming, very kind, and I'm glad that I picked them to kind of join first. I would like to test out some other groups too, I think in the future, just to kind of see what other groups are like. Because I've only experienced this one and it's only been on Zoom. So I think there are certain things that maybe flow differently in an in person setting. And I think the structure is perhaps a little more, I don't know, rigid is not the right word, but you know, like there's just a little bit more structure to the meetings and stuff. Some of ours are a little bit hard to keep track of sometimes. So, but overall, it's great. <laughs> They're wonderful people.
1: That's awesome. And I'm glad you mentioned that all the meetings are via Zoom because of COVID. Every club meets virtually. I mean, some clubs can meet in person, but for the most part right now, everybody's still meeting virtually. So that will be quite interesting to see what it's like for you who only knows Zoom Mm -hmm. to go in person. So that would be kind of cool. (laughs) That would be great. Awesome. So what was it like to join? How was the process to join? It sounds like it's probably fairly easy for you because you kind of were planning to join when you went but tell me a little bit tell the listeners what the process was like
0: it for me it was actually so making the decision to join was I had already decided before I was going that I wanted to join and so I knew like the cost was was very low very reasonable especially for how much value you get and so that part had already decided um the actual process of joining was a little disjointed because some of the members of the group are not fans of Zoom. And so they've kind of, there's about eight to 10 people that are consistently at every Toastmasters meeting. And then the rest of the group, I think there's like 30 members or something like that, but I've really only met those 10 or so. And some of those members are on the, like the leadership team or whatever you want to call it. So it was a little bit disconnected to try and get everything figured out and like who I needed to talk to to get signed up, the website isn't the friendliest if you don't know what you're looking for. So I needed to, t- to have a person kind of help me. But other than that, like the technicality part was, was a little bit challenging, but making the decision was easy. Cool.
1: Well, thank you for explaining that. And everybody's experience is different. So I understand that someone else may have an easier time and someone else may experience the same exact thing you did. Yeah. (laughs) So you never know what's going to pop up. And this is great that we're sharing everybody's different perspectives on how it was to join. Did you recall your first couple meetings as a new Toastmaster and what those were like for you and maybe what roles you took on or didn't take on?
0: I think for me, there wasn't a lot of direction. So I just joined I did a, I did, I think one or two as a guest and then signed up officially and then did my first, I did my icebreaker, I think a couple of weeks after that, but, um, it was, it was good. It was nice. It was easy. I didn't, there's not as much structure and direction. I think that like as much as I would like where I've kind of figured out what the roles were or. I'll sign up for something and then I go on the Toastmasters website and find like the general evaluator form so that I know what that's supposed to look like so there's a little bit less of that kind of formality and structure in the group and it's just kind of everyone knows what the roles are and we basically all rotate each week because there's not enough people so everybody's doing something each week for the most part so ultimately pretty good but I will (laughs) I'm the type of person that likes to have like here's what the structure is because I think as a club in particular, there is supposed to be a lot of structure to how the meetings are run. And each role has a very, or each person that's in a role has a very specific responsibility for that meeting. And I think I'm kind of missing some of those pieces where maybe it would have been a little bit more natural to happen if I had joined again, like in person, where a person would be like, oh, here's your packet of information. These are some important things for you to know. This is how the meeting goes. It was a little bit more free free for all i guess okay and everybody's super nice so
1: (laughs) that's good i am so glad everybody's super nice because that's kind of the whole thing we're here voluntarily for the most part i mean some of us are here for because they want to advance their careers and you do eventually like you said you want to do public speaking eventually um but you're not being told go (laughs) like some people might be like go if you want to advance your career i do have a couple quick questions for you regarding that did the vice president of
0: education talk to you about having someone mentor you at all? No, and I don't know what that role is. I don't know who that person is. Okay. So I don't know who's like the president of the club or vice president. I don't know any of that kind of stuff. So I think that's kind of part of it where I'm not entirely sure who's in charge. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, Which can I really- take
1: a moment to educate you and our yes. listeners? Please. Okay. Awesome. So usually when you first go to a meeting, the vice president of membership is the person who greets you at the door type of thing. Has you fill out your contact information so they can follow up with you on Zoom. It's a little bit different. You probably type in your info in the chat and send it off to them or someone knows you and they pass the information on to the VP of membership. Once you're like ready to and they usually have a guest packet for everybody and then once you're ready to join I, i'm missing a step here but that's okay once you're ready to join usually the treasurer and vice president of membership or vp of ed or the president work together with you to complete the application and do the payment because the treasurer does the payment so it's kind of a two step process so it is a little bit disjointed at times a treasurer is one of the roles i have not done so i'm not 100% sure but um Usually, once you join, the vice president of education will then send you a welcome email. He has the access to the website or could be the VP of membership. Depends on how the club operates. Um, welcome. Here's your, you'll get an email from Toastmasters International. They'll give you access to the international site, toastmasters.org. And then some, one of the club officers will give you access to freetoasthost.org, the free Toast host site for your club. And that's where your agendas are. You can get your evaluation forms in there. So the officers that you would probably interact with most as a new member and a visitor, visitor and new member, vice president of membership, club president, vice president of education, and the treasurer. Those are probably be the four officers that you'd be interacting with the most at first. And then whoever invited you. So for instance, my friend Emily brought me. So Emily is the person I asked all the questions to. And then the different officers that came up to me, I don't remember that it was so long ago. And from there you get a mentor. So I had joined back in 2011 and I was only there for five months. But when I came back in 16, they're like, Oh, you came back. And what brought you back? And I was like, I've always wanted to come back. It just was not the right time for me. And someone said, you know, they asked me a question. I forgot what it was. And I said, well, I took on a lot of roles, but I never gave a speech. And that's when Stefano said to me, would you like someone to mentor you through your first couple of speeches to make sure you give your speeches? And I was like, that would be wonderful. <laughs> so he helped guide me through a mentor helps guide you through and teach you the ropes a little bit. So for instance, they tell you the flow of the meeting they Suggest a couple roles for you to take on early on in your Toastmasters career. Um, usually the first or second meeting, they recommend you participate in table topics. Maybe take on the role of timer. Just some of the simpler roles, thought of the day if your club has it, or joke of the day. Those are fairly easy roles for new members to take on. Did that help at all? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I know we of just drink it a little bit and I'm using your word, <laughs> mm-hmm. this joint is kind of how it is a little bit because while there's guidelines as to what every officer does, some of them are shared, some of them like in the first club I joined, the secretary does the meeting agenda. In my current club, it's technically the vice president of education, but the president's been working with whoever the toastmaster is for that meeting. So every club does it a little bit differently. hmm in some of the clubs, like my home club right now, the president is also the treasurer. So basically, the he does the role of getting new members in, but the VP of membership does that as well. Oh, gotcha. Very, it is a little disjointed. I mean, every club's a little different, but for the most part, it works that way. So tell us what it felt like to give your first speech. And I think you said you gave two speeches. so. Tell me a
0: little mm-hmm. bit about that. Uh, it felt pretty good. I'm fairly experienced with speaking in front of groups of people. So that part wasn't really an issue. And part of the reason why I joined Postmasters is to kind of work on some of the technical skills that are involved in public speaking. I'm fairly good with winging it. And uh, I've, I've never really had an issue. Well, that's not true. I've actually, I used to hate public speaking. I used to be absolutely terrified. I would blush. I would sweat. It was awful. So I had to kind of just power through that until I got better at it and just progressively started telling myself that I wasn't bad at it. (laughs) That was as ridiculous as it is. It's all mindset. I'm like, well, if you keep telling yourself that you're bad at it, you're just going to keep being bad at it. So (laughs) let's work on that. So anywho, um, the, yeah, so I'm, I was really looking to join more for the technical aspect and some of those things. And I feel like I, one, I didn't know that it was supposed to be an icebreaker speech. They were just like, "You should do a speech next week," and I was like, "Okay." And then someone emailed me and said, "I need your intro for your icebreaker speech," and I, I went, "My what now?" <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's supposed to be a speech about you, and I was like, "Okay, I can do that." And it was, it actually went really well. I called it "Walking the Line Between Rebellion and Responsibility." And it honestly was great. It was a great summation of who I am as a person. I don't know how I practiced when I was driving back and forth, commuting a little bit. So the thing that I did learn is that I need to not have an entire speech written out because I've tried to do that a couple of times in some presentations and stuff. And that's much harder for me. I need to be able to memorize for the most part and then have checkpoints to make sure I don't forget what I want to talk about. But uh, for the most part, it was fine. I, I, again, I feel comfortable with speaking for the most part. I know a lot of people don't, and that's part of why they're joining Toastmasters. So uh, for me, it didn't feel crazy stressful. It was just, again, the like, oh, you're doing an icebreaker speech. And I said, okay. <laughs> and then I picked another, like, then I said, I'll do a speech next week and picked another topic. I think it was about finding your passion or something like that. But I want to get more into like the pathways and have, like, this is what I'm trying to work on, uh, a little bit of direction and clarity, but that's also a thing that nobody seems to be really in charge of. <laughs> bless their hearts. Bless their hearts.
1: <laughs> I love that line, bless their hearts.
0: Yeah. Well, you um, raised a couple um, of
1: good points. I'm sorry mm-hmm. to talk over you. My apologies. You raised a couple of good points. Uh, memorizing versus having checkpoints. Or memorizing with checkpoints versus writing out entirely. I used to write out my speeches in verbatim. Mm. Bad idea for me me over here. (laughs) I think you have the right idea. And if you do go in and you go to the different projects in level one, they walk you through everything. So if you go to the navigator on the website, you go to pathways and then start navigator. Mm -hmm. That's where you get to pick which path you're going to take. You can either just pick one of the 11 paths or you can take the little quiz, the self-assessment quiz or whatever it's called. And then they give you the three that most would probably fit you best as to what
0: you're looking for, yeah, that part I did do, okay. but there's nobody like checking it off, and based on what I've found on the website in looking for evaluation forms, it seems like there's specific forms for specific project speeches too, mm-hmm. and I don't know I need to just ask somebody, but it's one of those things I just haven't had a chance to to kind of do yet but yeah. So <laughs> I'm like half, half completed on some of this stuff. Like I know half the information, but I don't know the rest of it. Um, but anyway, that. <laughs> yeah. I totally get
1: that. So um, I feel like I'm educating you a lot here and mentoring oh, you great. a little bit, Probably for other people. but this too. is good because now people are learning. This is one of the reasons yeah. why I want to interview members who are new to Toastmasters too. So people can hear different experiences and know that, you know, sometimes it's disjointed and sometimes you get a mentor right away and you just dive right in and you keep going or you go at your own pace. It's really go at your own pace. So there's an assessment in each project that you do before you give your speech. And then once you've given your speech, you go back and finish the assessment and then you move on to the next speech. So once you've completed all the projects, then you like hit the submit button or whatever it is. I haven't completed all the projects in the level one yet, so once I do that next month, I will know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't fill you in yet, but in a future com- in a future interview, you will hear that. You'll hear all about it. Um, so it sounds like you gave your icebreaker. You did that well, and it sounds like you gave the first speech in project two. Project two is. Feedback and evaluation. So project one in level one is your icebreaker. And technically, you don't need to give an intro. Project two is the feedback and evaluation. It's three, It's a three-parter. You give a speech. You take the feedback from that speech and give another speech, either the same speech or a different one, but implementing some of the feedback. And you actually evaluate someone else's And then project three is the research project, my least favorite project of all, which is why I haven't finished it yet. (laughs) So it
0: sounds like you're well on your way. And I've done evaluations. I've done all the roles. I've done Toastmaster. I've done all, (laughs) like, excuse me, like Toastmaster of the day. I've done everything in the meetings. I just don't know where, where things go after that so on the pathways is it self-guided then or is someone entering oh see I kind of thought it's not the best website in the world honestly sorry Toastmasters like uh it's not super intuitive and it's really hard to find like the forms specifically and some of those types of resources it's really really challenging so that was one of the things like I, I picked a pathway and then I was like, okay, now what do I do from here? It seems kind of confusing. So now I'm going to go back in knowing that I'm supposed to do the assessment before and after and see see what's in there. So yeah, whatever. it's super
1: easy in my opinion. I, at first I'm resistant to change at first a little bit, but once you get in there and you go through it, mm-hmm. it's really click to the next screen, read the stuff, click the next screen, read the stuff. Okay you know, open this, open that, or whatever. There's a whole project, like, you could print stuff out. I always print stuff out and walk through it on paper. I find that is very, the easiest way for me. Um, A lot of people like it that way because people take their notes and they edit it and they improve it, and you don't always have your speech mapped out the first time you sit down to work on it. Yeah. So since you have done
0: every role, I'm going to ask you what your favorite role is so far. Let's see. Favorite role. I like the uh, all-counter grammarian, mostly because I also get to come up with a word of the day, which I think is fun. I also enjoy the table topics. Timer's not bad. It's just not as uh, sexy as some of the other roles. You know, it's very, you have to pay attention, for sure. But yeah, (laughs) you're just holding up your little cards, in red, yellow, green, or whatever it is that you do in your club. So <laughs> yeah, timer. Do you want to talk to us about one of those two roles
1: that you love, the a uh, counter grammarian in word of the day or the yeah. table topics master, just let the listeners know a little bit about what those roles entail.
0: Yes. So the a uh, counter grammarian is the person who's kind of keeping track of where everyone is at with some of those things throughout the throughout the entire meeting, essentially, at least from my understanding, keeping track of ums, ahs, connecting words, um, coming up with a word of the day that's kind of a fun bonus word that people can use in their in their speeches or table topics or just throughout the evening or day, I guess. <laughs> evening, in I forget. And yeah, I like that. It's one thing, like one of the things that I really wanted to work on is my ums, ahs, and the connecting words. And so just being more conscious of it with other people helps me too. Besides just people who say um and ah a lot. Sometimes there's people who say that all the time and it's just distracting, but I wanted to be more conscious of it, particularly in, what's the word I'm looking for? Candid speech, I guess. Like the table topics where I haven't prepared That's something that I'm really, really trying to work on and then catching my own connecting words. So it's, it's helping me with that process too. So that's one reason why I like it. Just having the focus and attention on other people helps me with mine. And then I also kind of look for what other people do to keep themselves from doing it. So that the pauses and waiting to start a new sentence instead of using the connecting words and and whatnot, like I see in things like that all the time. Me crazy. (laughs) So so that's kind of why I like that one. What was the other one I said? Oh, table topics is fun because I like to do kind of like getting to know you type of type of questions. So the last one I did, one of the questions that I asked was, What's the best advice you've ever been given and why? And so I like those types of questions where it's a little bit more getting to know the people in the group and a little more reflective. I suppose. Not that other questions aren't fun. That's just what I like about it.
1: Let me flip that one on you. What was the best advice you were ever
0: given and why? (laughs) Control what you can control. Uh, So I, I, I'm an anxiety type person, Uh, anxiety, depression, yay, overachiever. So one of the biggest pieces of advice that someone gave me, and it's taken me a long time. I still kind of struggle with it a bit, but the control what you can control meaning you can really only control yourself. You can't control all of the external things around you, the people that you work with, your boss, whoever it is, you can only control who you are and how you react to those things, including just whatever, like the things that the universe throws at you, you can't really do a whole lot about most of it. So Mm -hmm. there's really no sense in stressing and worrying about all this stuff that could happen. Mm -hmm. You can't really do anything about it anyway. So that's definitely helped me Personally and professionally, and I've been able to let go of a lot of stuff, especially as uh, being self employed now, too. It's been easier for me to just not get hung up on worrying if I get enough likes on this post or that post, or if people are signing up for my email subscription, that kind of stuff. It's easier for me to just do what I'm doing and focus on progress, not perfection, moving forward. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a very See, but that's why I like the question because it's like, uh, like a real deep answer, you know. So. Absolutely. I'm not a small yeah. talk person, so it's hard. <laughs> I, I like, I like to get like in there.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. And um, you and I have talked a couple times already pre Toastmasters. I think the last time we talked, you had mentioned that you were in Toastmasters, and that's how we ended up doing this interview. But. <laughs> As someone who also has anxiety and depression, or actually, have, I'm beyond the depression part now, thank God. I'm a recovered depressed person, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah. And being an overachiever, I feel like we, we have the synergy here and the sisterhood bond here. Um, would you like to share a little piece of how the anxiety and depression or overachiever in you is shifting slightly? If there's any, been any shift through your Toastmasters experience in these last six months?
0: Yeah, I think it's, it's helped me. It's almost been a little bit of validation. So because all of my public speaking experience has just been in leadership roles, I've been managing people for almost 20 years. So it's all just been my team or the store or wherever it is that I'm working, which can be anywhere from 10 people to 100 people. And everything that I've done and and learned has been basically just by the seat of my pants. Like no one ever said, this is how you do public speaking because I avoided it at all costs when I was in school I just had to do it because I was a leader so I think it's been nice for me to get the validation that I actually am pretty good at it just naturally mm-hmm. just from having like learned and practiced over the years so when I did my icebreaker speech they were like that was so good that was incredible you have a quiet strength about you and all these like insanely kind things and I was just like oh Okay, like, all right, maybe I'm not as bad off as I thought I was. Like, I was kind of coming in thinking, like, oh man, you're gonna do a lot of work, and you're gonna really have to refine your skills and everything. And And they were like, no, that was awesome. And I was like, okay, I just it just made me feel a lot better about the process in general. Like, I felt like I could really focus on some of those like smaller skills, like I was like the really like technical aspects of speaking, and not the whole process if that makes sense. Like I thought I was going to, for some reason, have to come in and learn how to write speeches and do all these things. And that's really not the case. I can do it the way that I do it and just work on honing some of the other skills. So it was, it's been nice. <laughs> I'm glad that it
1: gave you validation. Validation is a word we don't hear all that often. And that totally jumped out at me. I, I meant to write it down as you were talking, but I was just so engrossed in what you were telling me that I just now wrote it down. Yeah. Um, I find it interesting that I like that you noted that you felt like you're going to have to know how to write a speech because in the legacy program, when there was books and we weren't all online and pathways, there were 10 different speeches that you gave in each speech focused on something different, like getting to the point, creating a speech, um, vocal variety, body language, persuasion you mentioned that you gave a speech on persuasion or something like that earlier, or passion, which passion, persuasion, um, could be one of the same, could be very different. (laughs) So I appreciate that you realized that after only giving two speeches. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I totally
0: appreciate that as well. So thank you. Well, and I think if if I was going to do like a keynote speech or if I was going to do, something where I'm speaking to an actual crowd of people for a half hour an hour, like a TED talk or something like that, then I would have to put more thought into the framework and I would have to do a lot more practice. And I probably would have some sort of maybe checkpoints again, like on a teleprompter or something like that, because I can only remember so many things, right? So mm-hmm. I can easily do like a six or seven minute speech and I'm fine. But if I was going to do something longer than that, then I need to have a little bit more planning and preparation, but I know now what works for me and how I would kind of have to bring that together. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. I've enjoyed it so far. (laughs) This is amazing. I'm enjoying
1: learning about you and seeing how far you've come in less than six months in (laughs) Toastmasters, which is fantastic. And I know you've had some speaking experience and leadership experience And I think you're going to totally blossom in Toastmasters, professionally and personally. So let's shift gears a little bit. You mentioned you're self-employed and that you've led teams of people in the past. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about your professional history or how you became self-employed and what you love about it? Sure. I know I threw three questions at you right there. So pick and choose and go in your own direction.
0: (laughs) It's all kind of related to the same thing. So I, I've been managing people since I was 19. I got my first management or leadership position at that point in time. And it was in hospitality. So I started out in hospitality management for about four or five years. And then I was recruited to Best Buy. You may have heard of them; They're a big bucks retailer. And when they were, when they were building the one in the town where I was at, they used our hotel as their headquarters because they had to move everyone there. There wasn't one there before. So they had to moved some of their leadership team over and that was their headquarters for hiring while they were building the store. So I ended up there and I was with them for about 10 years or so. And then I quit and traveled for a year (laughs) because I was like, life is too short and I have too many vacation hours and I want to do something else with my life. So traveled, came back, ended up in data analytics and client management kind of is is the the job that I was in um from there i worked my way back up because i i can't help myself a uh, leadership is a calling uh, it's not something that i have a choice <laughs> about i was like i'm just going to be an individual contributor and that lasted about 6 months <laughs> and i was like okay so anyway it's 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 my calling it's what i like to do but i also don't love corporate culture and it's very difficult for me to utilize my strengths and my superpowers in an environment like that because most of my strengths and superpowers have to do with process improvement, changing things, growth. And sometimes my style of leadership isn't ideal again for a corporate environment because a lot of times you have to be a little bit of a yes man. And that's not how I how I prefer to lead people. I I think that we should we are all people, we should be treated as such. Um, everyone has value. Sometimes it's not in the role that they're in and that's fine. -hmm. But yeah, so I when I left, I've been doing my own thing for about a year and a half. I started my own consulting agency and I help small business owners and entrepreneurs kind of start, grow, or scale their businesses. I prefer to work with people who have been in business for a little while. I like to take things that are already in existence and help them improve them. It's usually Because entrepreneurs and small businesses, like they wear all the hats all the time and they kind of get to the point where they're just capped out and they can't grow or scale, but they can't get out of it long enough to see what they need to do. Like they're just in it because they're running their business all the time and it just gets kind of tough. So that's kind of where I come in. I help people create processes, systems, and process improvements once we kind of have some of that stuff nailed down. I help people hire for key positions. Just kind of all over the place. Uh, A lot of social media marketing help, but yeah, I love it. Um, I you couldn't pay me enough. Literally, you couldn't pay me enough to go back to a corporate job.
1: I love that you couldn't pay me enough to go
0: back. Yeah, yeah, and it's all these cute little nuggets from you. I love it. This is awesome. There literally is not. I mean, like maybe if it was a million dollars, but I don't think so. Like I think I would take a million dollar consulting contract for somebody (laughs) like a big corporation. But yeah, it's just the, the freedom, the ability to do what I want when I want and help people the way that I think that they can benefit the most from. I think that's worth it. And I'm getting to use my superpowers and do things that I love every day. It's hard to beat. <laughs> that is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It's hard. I mean, not everybody, not everybody loves what they do. It's hard. That is so true. <laughs> As a fellow self-employed
1: person, What is a piece of advice or what is a specific area or process that you've helped people with more often than not?
0: I do a lot of kind of social media and marketing strategy. That's probably the one thing that I help everybody with in some way. Some of it is more technical stuff where they just don't understand how the things work, how Facebook works, what's the difference between a business and personal profile. They don't know that you can connect your Instagram and Facebook together. There's all these like little things that they just, they're intimidated by or they just haven't had time to figure out one or the other So help a lot of people with that. And then really just kind of the, like workflow and processes, like tell me all the things you do every day and we'll figure out how to make this easier for you, whether that's finding someone to help you part-time, maybe you need an operations manager Maybe we can automate some of these things. That's that's probably the other like half of what I do for the most part. There's some nuances in there, obviously, but yeah. And what's the name of your business? Catalyst Consulting. Catalyst Consulting. And where can people find you and your business? They can find me on the internet at com. because catalystconsulting.com was already taken. I was very upset about that but catalystconsultingservice.com and my Facebook and Instagram are both at Catalyst Consulting Service. And I'm also launching a podcast. And my first episode will be out in a couple of weeks. It's to help people with their businesses. I'm pretty excited about that too. That's awesome. So is it going to launch in February or March of 2021? It will launch February, February 17th. should be my first episode. Awesome. And it's called Building Better Businesses with Catalyst Consulting.
1: That's amazing. Well, we don't know that much about your personal life. So tell us a little bit about you and how you became this natural born leader, which I totally understand. (laughs) It's your calling. Totally understand that. And a little bit about how you came to be who you are.
0: I... Grew up in Oregon. I'm an Oregon girl, uh, and I grew up in a small town a couple hours south of Portland. Most people don't know what it is unless they've actually lived in Oregon. It's called Lebanon, not Lebanon, Lebanon, and went from there to Central Oregon after high school, Bend, which a lot of people do know about, and then <laughs> I made it to Spokane with Best Buy, actually, is how I ended up. Spokane, Washington, Eastern Eastern Washington State on the border of Idaho and Washington, in the panhandle of Idaho, kind of. I have a dog and a cat, Dobby and Weasley, because I'm a millennial and I love Harry Potter and I can't help it. Um, (laughs) I I, I love to travel. Obviously, I mentioned that I quit and traveled for a year. A lot of that time was in Mexico. And I've traveled, done a road trip around the United States. I really love people and culture and learning about people from all over the world and so that's that's one of the things that I really love about travel again I'm an introvert so this is it's an interesting balance but (laughs) yeah oh yeah like hardcore I don't like no one comes to my apartment it's like my little sanctuary and then I go out into the world and I get social interaction but yeah definitely an introvert um but I love the I don't like the small talk I like getting to know people. And so that's the part that I really enjoy. Sometimes you have to kind of power through some small talk, obviously, to at least find some common ground. But the best conversations that I have are the ones where we just like skip all the formalities and are like somehow talking about the deep, dark (laughs) inner workings of our brains and uh, what our experiences are and how, even though we're very different, like I have a couple of friends that I met that are from Israel. So even though those are very different countries and very different upbringings, we still have things in common. And it's like, that's the stuff that just blows my mind about people. So anyway, people, I like to read. <laughs> what other hobbies? I have tattoos. I like tattoos. Um, yeah. I guess that's me in a nutshell. I'm a Slytherin. That's my Harry Potter house.
1: <laughs> What's your Harry
0: Potter house? Slytherin.
1: Okay. Yeah. I did not get into Harry Potter. So this is all foreign to me. Okay. Yep. I'm other sure many know. listeners know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Which be like, is oh the most God. important yeah. thing is that they enjoy this and they know what you're talking yeah. about. That's awesome. So, um, wow. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs> Where have you traveled besides Mexico and Israel? Where have you, are there any other countries you've traveled to outside of the United States? Because we
0: probably do have listeners worldwide. Yes. So, I've been to Italy. I actually haven't been to Israel. I met them when I was traveling in Mexico. And so we traveled through Mexico together. There were a couple of, um, guy buddies that were traveling together. And so we, we met on one end of the country and then kind of traveled around together for a while. And then one of them came with me because his dream was to come to the United States. So we did, a we did the road trip around the United States together. And then, um, yeah, and they're back home in Israel. I think, I think one of them was in Peru for a while, but so I've been to Italy. That's my other. I did a road trip around Italy for my 35th birthday, and with my at the time my husband. So that was awesome because uh, I really like, I like slow travel. I like getting around and seeing things. I don't love the resort experience. I like to go to a place and experience it as the people who live there do. So that was one of the things I really enjoyed with the the trip around Rome, Pompeii. Venice, Tuscany, what else? Oh I God. hiked up Mount Vesuvius. You hiked uh, Mount Vesuvius? Yeah. I'm yeah, so jealous. Cool. <laughs> uh, it was not pleasant. It was cold because my birthday's in November also. So it was very cold. It was a It's a very tall mountain. <laughs> and you just kind of like walk up it and then walk back down again. It was cool. I'm glad we did because it was a really cool experience. But um, yeah. Oh, I've done Times Square on New Year's Eve. I did that when we were doing our road trip. All kinds of fun stuff. Like that's, you just see so many different things when you expand your horizons, you know? Go go new places, go do new things, join Postmasters. Expand your horizons. (laughs) I love this. You are
1: totally motivating me. I do (laughs) want to take a trip. I want to hit all 50 states eventually.
0: Oh yeah, me too. I haven't really done the middle. Or, the, or Alaska or Hawaii, obviously, because you can't really road trip. I mean, you can road trip to Alaska, but it's a long drive.
1: Yes, I have a plan for Alaska, and I've been to Hawaii. Oh,
0: nice. <laughs> I yeah. will go
1: back, yeah. but it's not like I need to go back, strangely yeah. enough. That's awesome. I'd like to take a moment to flip the table and allow you to ask Angela almost
0: anything almost anything (laughs) (laughs) yeah well all that was that alliteration there yeah yep oh yeah that really was ask ask Angela almost anything I like it uh well what's kind of your Toastmasters journey if you haven't already used up that content too much um what do you well I guess let me ask you this what do you feel like you've learned the most from Toastmasters oh I like that
1: question what have I learned the most from Toastmasters yeah, because I was going to say, the journey is going to take us a good five or ten minutes. I don't yeah. know if people want to hear my whole journey. I feel but, like you'll
0: probably... Hold on, my dog is freaking out. Can you chill? Okay, so let's try this again. Um, no worries. That'll be edited out. Okay.
1: <laughs> I'll make sure to edit that out. Yeah. Um, so what have I learned the most? Was
0: that the question? Yeah. Okay, good. What, I'm glad one of us remembered. Yeah. What have you learned the most from your experience in Postmasters? Oh my
1: God, this is a tough one. Because I've made a lot of friends and I've met a lot of people. And I just feel like my whole world has opened up. I went to the Toastmasters International Convention in August of 2018 in Chicago, Illinois. That was pretty amazing. I would have gone to Denver, but I just was not in a good financial position. And then obviously, COVID hit. So there was no traveling for 20. and I'm presuming 2021 as well, but it's exciting to be able to know that you're going to be with hundreds of people from all over the world who are on the same journey and path as you. All the Toastmasters I have met, we're all trying to just be a little bit better than what we were yesterday, if you think about it. Even if we're just a quarter of a percent better today than we were yesterday, we're going to be infinitely better a year from now. And I went really small in that percentage increase. <laughs> However, I think it was just amazing. I loved being around all the Toastmasters, seeing all the accredited speakers, watching the World Championship of Public Speaking just totally ignited me. And just the fact that so many Toastmasters are so genuine. When I landed at the airport, I was in a van to the hotel with the Contestant from Australia, I think it was, and we were just chit-chatting away. And I was like, "Oh my god, someone from Australia is sitting five feet away from me!" <laughs> and I got to meet those masters from all over the world. I think it's amazing how some of them English is their second language, yet they're competing on the world stage—the best of thousands of speakers in the international speech contest in the World Championship for Public Speaking. I think if you surround yourself with people who help you elevate yourself just a little bit at least whether it's one percent or 95 percent you just automatically become elevated you don't have to like do anything just by being around them i learned that coming in third is not coming in last even if there's only three contestants i lost to a girl who's been in toastmasters 10 years longer than i have In the area contest. And she won. She was won the area numerous times. I actually interviewed her as well. We talked about it briefly in the interview. And the guy who came in second had come in third the year before. I knew leaving there, I didn't come in third. I came in first. I lost to one of the best speakers in the area, which is the area is made up of three to five clubs, depending upon the area, or four to six clubs. I don't know. Keep changing it, but you just automatically become a little bit better and a little bit more elevated. And like you said, you learn by doing the roles, and that's one thing that jumped out at me when you're talking about being the eye counter and grammarian. If you're a person who uses crutch words frequently, I always encourage you to be the grammarian and to keep track of them all and to be the eye counter. I don't mean every other meeting or even every quarter, but do it somewhat regularly because it will help you immensely. And you totally hit the nail on the head when you said that earlier. So I hope that answered the question that was not the world's longest answer to a sort of short question.
0: (laughs) I'm sure the listeners will let us know. Yeah, the the trick I think with all of my very short questions is that none of them are very easy questions to answer. (laughs) Like like the- Yeah, you like to go deep. Yeah, yep. So no, that totally, I think that's great because it is, I think it really is, like you just said, like the, about expanding your horizons and leveling up. And I think one of the things that I've noticed, especially in the last year and a half or so of actively going out and networking and finding opportunities to meet new people, which as an introvert, I tell (laughs) you, it's like, sometimes I have to like work up to it, but it's, it's made such a huge difference because all of these people one, just kind of take you at your word. You say, this is what I am and this is what I do. And they just believe you. And which is a whole different level. And then there's also everyone else is is trying to learn and grow. And so when you're surrounded by people who are also trying to learn and grow and become a better person, better business owner, then like you said, you're, you're just naturally in that. And one of the things that I really like about those groups is that people... Are supportive and encouraging. When you say, I'm going to go do X, Y, and Z, I'm going to launch a podcast, they're like, Oh, that's really cool. Tell me more about it. How can I support you? (laughs) Can I follow you on Facebook? What are, you know, how can I find you? And those kinds of things. And I think that that's such a different perspective from, I think, corporate life in general, but in a lot of ways, a lot of people aren't in that headspace either. So it's just been a different, a much more positive group of people, large group lots of people to be around. So I think you nailed it with the Toastmasters thing too. It's the same kind of concept. People are looking to improve and grow and that's a different type of person to be around. So (laughs) it's been nice. Well,
1: that's awesome. I'm glad it's been nice for you. (laughs) You don't hear people go, it's been nice very often, but with Toastmasters and the Polka Dot Sisters, and I want to make sure we talk about this for a moment at least, we met through Polka Dot Powerhouse.
0: I have no recollections to how we met. Maybe I'm on the sisterhood Zooms. That's a good (laughs) question. I don't know either now. And it really hasn't been that long. I feel like we must have seen each other. Oh, you know what? It was when I posted that I wanted to connect with people, I think. And (gasps) you must have commented on my thing and said, I would like to. And then that's, I think, because I did that back in like October or something. And I said, I want to connect with a bunch of people. And that's what Uh happened. Here we (laughs) are we yeah.
1: connected twice now, plus we're doing this. Yeah. Yep. So I think it's just like the founder of Polkadot Powerhouse says, we're all here for a reason. One of my reasons was to meet you, most likely, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> I yep. feel like we have so much synergy going on that you and I could talk every other week and not miss a beat and just be like, oh my God, this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> yep. So that's amazing. Now we have something else to talk about. Toastmasters and travel and mm-hmm our podcast respectively yeah that's exciting super exciting is there anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up
0: uh no I think I mean really just if you're thinking about doing Toastmasters then you should probably do it like if you've thought about it you've thought about it for a reason it's worth it but also not every club is the same which I'm sure picked up from this podcast in particular this episode <laughs> uh but there's different up or there's different uh, chapters, different clubs that have different people involved, and that just changes the flavor. Just like with anything else, there it changes the flavor of how the club functions. And, like you said, different people take on different roles. So you also it I think it's good to open yourself up for different types of feedback, too. So if you're always getting feedback from the same group, especially a very supportive group, then sometimes you're not getting some of the tough feedback that you need to in order to grow a little bit more if that makes sense so yeah anyway if you're thinking about Toastmasters, do it it's worth it especially for how low the cost is to join a club like there's there's no reason not to and you can be in multiple clubs if you want you don't have to do just one that is correct
1: yeah thank you that was a really great way to end the show thank you so much
0: you are so welcome thanks for having me
1: Thank you for listening to Talking Toastmasters with Angela and us. Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talking toastmasters and subscribe at ambiguous podcast slash talking toastmasters. Talking Toastmasters is produced and hosted by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions.